Welcome to the Senior Dog Revolution, where we discuss how to give our senior dogs the best life they deserve, where age is just a number and health and happiness of our senior pets is a priority. Hello, senior dog pet parents. So I'm Dr. Monica Tarantino and welcome to the Senior Dog Revolution podcast. Today is going to be a really special episode because I have two amazing guests here. Um, Dr. Lisa Littman, who you guys know, she's been on the podcast multiple times. And then also Dr. Katie Lawler. And something that's really important that you guys for you guys to actually know about these two wonderful women is that they have collaborated with me to start an amazing program called the Pet Loss Community, which is something that we all created together to really help pet parents that are dealing with different forms of grief, especially after losing a pet. Because one of the things that we know is that as much as we love our dogs and we want them to, they don't actually live for forever. So without further delay, before I take all of their thunder, let me introduce both Dr. Littman and Dr. Lawler. Ladies, thank you guys so much for being here. Yay. Thanks for having us. Of course. Yay. It's an honor. Yeah. Um, so if I could start, do you, do either of you guys mind if I just have you tell us a little bit about yourselves for the, for the audience? Dr. Littman, do you want to start? Sure. I'm Dr. Lisa Lippman. So I'm a veterinarian. I've done everything from emergency to house call, working for startups and now uh, virtual care and uh, just beyond thrilled to have co-founded the Pet Loss Community with the two best women that I know. It is just such a needed, you know, it's just, it's just so incredibly needed and um, just really proud. So thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for being here. I'm Dr. Katie Lawler. I'm a clinical psychologist, and my specialties are the human-animal bond, grief and loss, and then neuropsychology. And similar to Dr. Lisa, I've done everything from working on an inpatient unit to working at a university-affiliated practice. And then in my current role, I serve as the director of the Veterinary Mental Health Initiative, which offers free clinical services to veterinarians and vet tech. And we love that you do that. Thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, Yeah, for us, because we, our industry really, really needs it. (laughs) So let me, let me start off by talking about what we actually want to talk about today. So the topic that the three of us wanted to talk to you guys about today is really something called anticipatory grief. And if you guys have listened to the podcast before, you know that myself and Dr. Gordon did an episode on on anticipatory grief before. And in that episode, I didn't get to tell Dr. Lawler this. In that episode, we basically try to define what anticipatory grief is. And hold on. I think I've got a sleeping dog behind me. I've got a sleeping dog behind me that's having a dream. <laughs> but, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave that in. So in in that episode, we we basically do a botched job of, of trying to to define what anticipatory grief is. And in it, we actually apologize. We're like, this is what we think it is, and we apologize to all of the psychologists out there for our attempt at this. But um if you don't mind explaining to our audience actually what anticipatory grief is, that would be wonderful. Sure, absolutely. And please give yourself some credit because I bet the definition was right on. <laughs> um, we think of anticipatory grief as the, the thinking, so the cognitive, the emotional, the cultural, and the social reactions to getting a terminal or very grave diagnosis. So we would experience all those things just like we would when our pet 
would pass, but we'd start experiencing them before in anticipation, thus anticipatory grief. And I actually think anticipatory grief is more difficult than grief following the death of our pet because they're still here. So we want to be with them all the time. We want to do everything in our power to try to protect them and care for them. And I just think it can be a lot more draining and devastating than actual grief after they pass. Right. Um, and it's, it's so funny just hearing you define it because I think one of the really interesting things about it is that so many pet parents and myself included, so Dr. Levin probably feels the same way, but so many pet parents actually live with that fear just every single day. Um, especially for pet parents of senior dogs. Yeah, I was saying before, you know, I, you know, Chloe is, she's going to be 11 in February and she's a large breed dog. And we just know, you know, unfortunately, large breed dogs do not live as long. Um, and I struggle with, you know, what's, what are the diagnostics I should be doing? How often, you know, what is kind of in her best, in her particular best interest, um, you know, a, a kind of a fine line between catching things early and, um, and, you know, doing t- what is too much. I, I don't know. Right. It's, it's a, it's a constant struggle, but I know that we all kind of joke, you know, she, even though she is a very healthy, almost 11 year old right now, um, we all kind of joke, like I have anticipatory grief, you know, I don't, so I don't think that's like the true definition. She hasn't gotten a terminal diagnosis, but like to a degree, I mean, I look at her every single day and really do have true thoughts that are like, you're not going to be here forever. Um, and that's, and that can be pretty devastating, but I, you know, I've learned, I've learned from Dr. Katie that the best way to handle that is just all we can really do is just be in the moment as much as you can and and make every moment the best moment that you can, that you can, that you can make it. So, um, that's how I handle it. Although again, it's not true. I don't know. It's, it's not like true anticipatory grief, but it might be maybe a small subset. I think you bring up an outstanding point. You know, when our pets start reaching that life expectancy of their species or their or their breed, absolutely we can feel it because we know that they're getting to be that age. I'm in the same boat um, with Bear. We adopted him from a shelter, so we don't know exactly how old he is, but we've had him for 10 years, so he's at least 10, probably 11 and it's that fine line right he's you know knock on wood he's he's relatively healthy so we want to live and enjoy his life i don't want to start becoming you know hypervigilant or, or rigid around his needs but i i also want to make sure that i'm doing a good job as his mom so no i think you i think you really um described it very well it's, it's anticipatory anticipatory grief <laughs> I'm anticipating having anticipatory grief is what it is. Yeah. So. And I think one of the really, um, you ladies bring up some really great points, but I think one of the really interesting things that we found, the three of us found when we started doing so, so some of you guys are just podcasts, um, are just, well, just listen to the podcast and others are actually on Instagram following us. But one of the really things that we, interesting things that we found out was when we started talking about grief, um, pet loss grief and then anticipatory grief, there are so many pet parents out there 
that feel anticipatory grief and didn't really know what it was. And to be honest, I didn't know what it was, I think, until I saw a post by Dr. Lawler talking about it at some point. Um, but it is a extremely common feeling to have. And I've talked to you guys many times in, on the podcast too about Becca, who somehow just keeps trekking along. Becca is my 16 and a half year old Labrador. And there's not a day that I wake up and I look at her and, and don't immediately think, Oh my God, thank God you're still here. What is it going to be like when I lose you? Like, how am I going to handle it? And that's something that I, um, as a pet parent, when I have my pet parent hat on, not my veterinary hat on, but something that I have to cognate, um, be really cognizant of because it can sure get you going down this spiral of worry and fear when the fact is that I actually have Becca right here, right now. And so, you know, that's really what I need to be focusing on is like, thank God I have you again. Like, let me cherish you as much as I possibly can here today, here now. Um, and I have to actually be very intentional about shifting my thoughts because yeah. it's so me easy too. to fall into mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. So that is a classic. I'm not, you, you guys know She's me, I'm not one for um, psychological <laughs> terms, but that is a, that is a classic um, cognitive distortion. Um, our mind goes to the worst case scenario in this very twisted way of trying to protect ourselves and get us ready for when that happens. But the thing is that often what comes up in our imagination or when we're thinking this through is not reality based. It's the absolute worst. It's the stuff of our, our nightmares. And so recognizing that you're doing that, um, can be incredibly helpful, but that's exactly why I think anticipatory grief is sometimes much harder than actual grief for that exact reason you just described. Yeah, absolutely. And I, so I, I guess, is there any way to know if you're actually having anticipatory grief? Like, are there things that are classic for it? I know what it feels like to me. Um, but what if, you know, someone's out there and they're wondering if they actually do have it? Are there things that can kind of be signs that you are having it? Absolutely. I think if you're focusing more when they're still right here with you, if you're focusing more on after they're gone or you're spending more time planning for that than you are engaging with them, certainly I'm a huge advocate of having a plan, knowing what to expect um, with the euthanasia process and then making um, different arrangements. But I think when you notice that this is where your attention is going, this is where your energy is going, I would kind of check in and be a little bit concerned that you're, that you're missing this special time with them. I think that's great. I know that I, as soon as I, as soon as I start thinking those thoughts, Rebecca, I start feeling really down, you know, and kind of like getting in a a bad mood or feeling, feeling sad. Um, and I know that's kind of one of the the thoughts and actually you reminded me of something really, really important, uh, Dr. Katie, which is that anticipatory grief is not exclusive to pet parents that own older dogs, right? You can actually experience this at any age or with any, with anything correct in the world, honestly, as well as, as younger dogs, you know, more traditionally, because you've had, usually you have had older dogs for a long time and they're an extremely important part to your family. That's when we tend to talk about it the most, but you really can't experience it with a pet of any age. Well, that's it exactly. Because, you know, the love that we have for these little creatures, our relationships with humans, even our, you know, our partners, our our deepest loved ones, they're complicated, right? Because there's two people in the dynamic with our pets. 
we really come to count on that unconditional love and joy and that source of support that they bring us every single day, even on our worst days. And so the thought of them not being here with us can strike, you know, just pure terror or devastation in us. So you're absolutely right. So I think that that really helps us cover a lot about anticipatory grief. And I know these episodes, we try not to make them too long for you guys. Um, But I did want to ask you, uh, ask you ladies, if you have, and I know Dr. Littman already shared this with us, but three of your favorite tips for those that are actually experiencing anticipatory grief, like what are things you can do if you believe that you're actually experiencing this with fear of losing your pet? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, for, for, I, Katie will have, Dr. Katie will have much more um, probably actionable items. I mean, for me, it's really about taking action though. I think so. It's really um, noticing that I'm, that I'm doing it, noticing that I'm having it and noticing that it's, it's really not rational at this point. Um, There's no reason for me to go there or be there because that's not what's happening for me right now. Um, And even if it was what was happening for me, um, then I would say, just changing my mindset. So I tried to, a practice that's really helped me. Um, and like when my parents were both on ventilators due to COVID, which was like crazy insane, which is actually trying to be grateful, which sounds, which was really hard for me to wrap my head around. Cause I'm like, I'm not grateful for anything right now. Right. But it's like the little things there are, there is this um, app, the calm app that I really love. And there's this one meditation that I will fall asleep to or listen to over and over again at night. And it's about being grateful, but it's about being grateful for like the littlest, the food in your refrigerator, the covers, you know, on your bed, the TV that you ate, the food that you, that you eat, you know, which maybe comes from all over the world, you know, things like that. So it's being really grateful for the little things and just trying to shift my mindset and focusing on that. And with Chloe specifically, then it's being present with her, right. And trying to make it, I mean, I, I constantly think of what Dr. Katie says, which is to make it the best time that I can be. That's all that I can do. I, there's literally nothing else that, that, that can be done. So I just try to make it, I try to make it the best time. So that's yeah. what helps me. I love that. That was, that was mm-hmm. beautiful. I've no, I just thought that, that was amazing. <laughs> um, but that's exactly it. I mean, recognizing that, you are getting caught up in these really, you know, devastating thoughts that aren't aren't the case right now. You don't need to go there yet and to try and find a more balanced viewpoint. Um, so I would add to that, just as Dr. Lisa said, I would really try to hone in and be present as much as possible. And just some things that I've heard from pet parents that have helped them is to schedule maybe a, a professional photo session, or if you have a friend that likes to take pictures to try and capture the love that you shared and videos are, are really good. You know, people love to look back and actually see their pets in motion and what they were like. This is also the time for the bucket list items. If you've ever dreamed about taking that road trip together or going to that special place, do it. And then I really encourage pet parents, if you have any sick or vacation time saved up to take it so that you can be together. You'll never regret the time, the time you spend with them. Those are some amazing tips, ladies. Thank you guys so much. I love that. We actually did a um, a senior dog photo shoot before for Frodo, who was my sole dog before he passed. And it was, was literally one of the most, one of the things that I cherish the most. And I have pictures of like all over the place. Um, 
in our home because, you know, I get to look at that and think about this wonderful day that we spent together, uh, outside playing around in a beautiful green way. So I love that. I love those tips. So thank you both so much for being here. I can't thank you guys enough. Is it obvious that I went to Dr. Katie's School of Psychology? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it's just, it's so helpful. And, and to be reminded again and again um, is really, is really special. And we're fortunate we have that. And I would encourage anybody else to, to join us who is going through, right, anticipatory grief or pet loss. We're here for you. And we know what it feels like. Um, and so, um, yeah, we just we would we would be honored if we would see you there um to join in and helping us decrease the the stigma around pet loss as well as support each other so well and to add from that i've learned so much from you both and how important it is something that can really help with anticipatory grief with the medical side is to have a good relationship with your vet, to ask the questions as far in advance as you can. Of course, no one ever wants to think about that day, but knowing what to expect about the medications or the euthanasia process can help relieve those uncertainties and therefore, you know, really can decrease um, the anxiety and fear that we feel. That is a really great point. And I think Dr. Katie will probably, I'll, I'll have to convince Dr. Lippman to come back on here with me and we'll do something. Um, we can do a episode on what to expect around, you know, humane euthanasia um, for your pets, which is, which is an important topic. And I think a lot of people are scared to ask about it, but thank you so much for bringing that up. That's a really important point. You definitely ask us. So just, you know, as veterinarians, Dr. Lippman and I, we, we have no problem talking to you guys about it and we will actually want you to be informed and, um, for that, for that actual event when it does happen. I think too, just with the holidays coming up, um, I know I've been getting a lot of questions about, you know, holiday timing or am I selfish if I want my pet to hang on through the holidays? Um, or I know this is the last season that we're going to spend together. How can I make, how can I just cherish it and make the memory? So I think this is a topic that needs to be discussed, especially this time of year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think that's going to be it for today. Ladies, thank you guys so much for being here again. And we will do more of these, everyone out there. Thank you guys for tuning in to us. As we discussed, um, we do have a group called the Pet Loss Community. If you guys know someone or are suffering from pet loss grief or anticipatory grief, we welcome you to go check us out. You can go to www.petlosscommunity.org and that'll take you over to our website. And we've got different ways that we can help support you no matter what you need. Or if you know someone that's suffering with pet loss grief, there's actually a way to kind of gift them a month, a one month membership to one of our different tiers that we have there. So definitely check it out. If you guys are struggling with this, we've got um, some great support groups and some great support at the pet loss community. So that is it. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you guys next time. All content on Senior Dog Revolution is for informational purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for any type of professional veterinary advice for your pet. Your dependence on the content of any information found on Senior Dog Revolution is at your own risk as nothing discussed or mentioned here can replicate a true doctor-patient relationship between yourself and a veterinarian. As always, for veterinary care and advice for your pet, please see your veterinarian.